0: This is The Business of Pleasure.
1: I live life to enjoy it, and I don't really care what anybody has to say. I come from a family of strong women, and, you know, I mean, I just, that's what I know. Because we're scared to talk about it. I- that is so crazy to me, because at the end of the day, everybody's doing it. People need to stop being so hush-hush about everything and so shy about everything. Welcome to our podcast,
0: a weekly discussion with people who are in the business of pleasure. Brought to you by Bedroom Candy, a sexual health and wellness company. Once a week, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the sexual health industry, entrepreneurship, relationships, and empowerment. Join me, Nadine Thompson, president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, on this journey of self-discovery as we wash away age-old stigmas about sexuality, self-love, and to learn about the lives of the people that make their living in The Business of Pleasure. Welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. This week, we have the honor of speaking with a bedroom candy, a very beloved bedroom candy consultant, Miss Sonia M. Benson. Sonia is a well-known and respected clairvoyant healer, Reiki practitioner, light worker, minister, and life coach in the Washington metropolitan area. I want to say, Sonia, you also spend your time between Washington and Florida as well, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, you are correct. I was thinking when you said
0: that, I'm like, oh, right, yeah, and I'm in Florida now. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sonia collaborated with the founding management and facilitation of the Ascend Spiritual Flight Academy. Along with her late husband, Master Coach and Reverend Ron Davis, and partner Chet Raymond, she co-created the Academy in July of 2004. Since that time, Ascend, a premier leadership and empowerment organization that taught self-mastery through universal principles, has gone on to support thousands in living the tenets of commitment, leadership, and responsibility. And responsibility. In addition to playing a fundamental role in the formation, operation, and management of Ascend, Sonia also worked with the organization as a trainer, enrollment manager, life coach, and program coordinator. Ascend has touched the lives of thousands of individuals and, is, and has graduates from all over the United States and international regions including Portugal. Portugal, Thailand in England. In addition, I just want to say that Sonia is a well-respected and very successful bedroom candy consultant. She does an incredible business, and she also leads and coaches and mentors new consultants as they join the business as she herself is building her own team and her own practice. So it is, it is with great honor that I welcome to you today Miss Sonia Benson.
1: Welcome, oh, Thank son. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Nadine, for having me. I'm excited to be uh, joining you this morning.
0: Yeah. So one of the things, um, well, Happy New Year to you, um, I want to begin yeah. with. And I thought this would be a great podcast to begin the year. So much has happened. So many exciting things have happened at Bedroom Candy over the last um few weeks um we've had we just finished off the escape tour with candy burris yes. and you um were one of the few consultants who had an opportunity to go to about five of the concerts and i thought we could start off on a really positive note if you could share with the community about your experience at escape and what that was like for you
1: Sure, yeah, I would love to. And actually, uh, Nadine, it wound up being six concerts. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I was a really busy lady for oh, wow. <laughs> for That's December. right. And it was really awesome. I enjoyed it. I really, I think, to me, more than anything, enjoyed working with um, our fellow consultants and being at... Um, each concert just really uh, united for a common cause, and really supporting everybody in building their businesses while we were at each event. Um, it was really exciting, um, very fast-paced. It was awesome working with uh, Candy and um, the staff for the um, for the tour. Uh, they were really very cool and cooperative. They embraced us with open arms. But um, I really found that. Um, I thought the crews that I was able to work with at each one of the um, concerts that I was um, over, um, we just had a great time. And, um, and I was really happy to be able to support them in getting them what they needed to get done and get their names out there. So um, it was really, really cool.
0: Wonderful. Um, What were you had an opportunity to do that VIP lounge that we sponsored? What was that like? I'm really uh, interested in how people responded to the idea of Candy having a sex toy company or wellness company. What were people's responses to that?
1: Well, actually, people seem pretty one uh, eager. For some folks, that said, "Oh, I didn't know she had this company." So it was awesome to you know to educate some people who had no idea. Um, And but it was it you could see everybody like there's that little bit of mischief in the air, and people were a little excited, or you know you see the little smiles, a little um, like a little bit of shyness or embarrassment come across their face. But it was like you know a lot of interest, and so. i found that people were very receptive to um, being able to talk about it um, we gave away uh, as you know the the, the um, participants of the vip area got goodie bags and they were excited to see what they had in them and we were telling them about the product cuz they got um, you know a few um, one of our massagers and so they were, you know, you could still feel excited, like, oh, my God, I get to try that when I get home. It was just kind of cute because, you know, it was like they walked into this experience not knowing what to expect and not knowing that we were really going to be on deck and talking to them about Bedroom Candy. So it was really cool.
0: That's great. Was there any, were there any experiences, um, you know, and at the six concerts that you went to and you were talking about Bedroom Candy that um, was surprising to you?
1: I, I guess more than uh, surprising. I think there were a few things that were very cute. One, one young lady who um, I had the pleasure of exporting to uh, from the um, we escorted all the participants, all of the attendees, um, the concert goers from the entrance door to the actual Uh, VIP area and one young lady insisted on snapchatting the entire thing the whole way Ah. just kept stopping and saying oh this is me and I'm going to see candy and blah 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 and she it was just so cute (laughs) and then we got her all the way to VIP and introduced her to bedroom candy and she was so excited and such a fan of candy and so in love with the whole experience that before the night was over, she stood there in the room and signed up to become a Bedroom Candy consultant.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, she joined under one of my team members, and so she's now on my third line. And um, it was just it was so exciting to see her. Um, So excited about joining Bedroom Candy, well, joining the experience and then deciding, okay, yeah, let me become a consultant. So she signed up right on the spot, and that was really fun.
0: That's that's great. That's that's an awesome story. It was really exciting, uh, for me doing the the background background organization of the VIP events. Just to see the growing numbers of people that came out, the excitement on social media, yeah, and how much people really enjoyed the booth. And our consultants reported uh, those that worked on the concourses. We had a a table there where concert goers could as they were going into their seats could have an opportunity to stop at the table there was a really great positive response to it so i think it's just really great to see the positive response to the bk brand and i think that you guys did an amazing job of representing the bedroom candy brand at the concerts so thank you so much for that
1: yeah. You're welcome. It was, it was a delight. I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad that I was able to, and I really appreciate being given the opportunity to represent in some of the cities.
0: Oh, thank that you. That was amazing. Thank you. It was an honor to have you there. Um, Sonia, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you briefly today on our podcast, um, you and I had had <laughs> some conversations, actually, as we were Working on the escape concerts, we've we had many opportunities to chat, and over the past two months, there has been so much out there in the media about the now the Me Too movement, um, and that is uh, the movement that has to do with um, victims of sexual assault, um, and we've had yeah. lots of conversations about it, and it is a Uh, topic that is very uh, intriguing to me and inspiring and interesting. Um, and I've been doing some reading and research and you and I have talked about it. I thought it was worth having a conversation with you, particularly given your background as a coach and spiritual healer and somebody who's worked with thousands of women, um, to talk about the Me Too campaign and, um, you know, what your thoughts are about it. Um, I'd also like to touch on, um, you know, specifically about how that Me Too campaign can, what we can learn from it at Bedroom Candy and have some conversation about that whole thing. But I just wanted to start maybe with what your general thoughts are right now as you read about and see on the news, all of this information about Me Too, what your initial thoughts are.
1: Well, um, actually, you know, I, my initial thoughts about this whole movement is just how incredibly powerful it is. Um, because it really is a matter of individuals, specifically women, but, it, you know, we know that it's not just women that are included in this movement, having an opportunity to stand up and take back power right. for their personal their personal bodies, their personal spaces. And we know that um, for so long, women have not had the right to claim and to have uh, complete domain over their own bodies um, because of different things that may have happened either uh, during childhood um, or as an adult and that, that have just happened in commonplace. We know how, um, how uh, prevalent uh, sexual assault is. And um, just how much just um, not even with being assaulted, but even being portrayed or being approached, or um, how much women often feel powerless in the sexual arena. And to me, a lot of why I do the work that I do is because a lot of women learning to stand powerfully powerfully in their lives as a woman includes being able to, stand powerfully and confidently as a sexual being. And so, so often, if that aspect is either broken or it's damaged or it's been marred in some sort of way, even if we try to sweep it up under the rug or tuck it away in the closet and just say, okay, I'm going to ignore what has occurred to me sexually, it still impacts who we are and how we operate in the world.
0: Oh, absolutely. And so I think
1: this movement is so absolutely incredible that we are actually having an opportunity to take back our power.
0: Yes, I think think that's it. And as you say that, it makes me think about um, another one of our master trainers in the community, Dora Chambers, who often speaks about speaking truth to power. And I think that truth sometimes, you know, truth is very powerful all the time. But that truth that we often share, that common truth, that common experience uh, can be very empowering when people know that they're not alone in their experiences.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I remember learning and practicing as a therapist early in my career. Um, you know I remember one of my teachers just instilling in us how much you know isolation and shame can encompass a person's entire life. And um, until they begin to share those experiences and find out that they're not alone or that some of these traumatic things may have happened to others, it really helps to decrease the shame and isolation that people feel. And that in itself can begin the healing process. And I think one of the great things about the Me Too campaign is that it has Enabled so many women who were hiding in shame and feeling like, gosh, I don't want to tell anybody I feel like I'm damaged goods, it has given women the opportunity to stand up and say, me too, but um, decrease that sense of shame that we feel about also being victimized.
1: Exactly. I mean, because if we think about it... uh, just um, with the stigma that's attached to being sexually assaulted and being victimized, if you were assaulted and victimized in, let's say, oh, in, in another way, let's say it's a robbery, then it, you're able to you know, say, okay, this happened to me and be okay with saying this happened to me. But often the inability to voice and... Um, and uh, bring words to what occurred to you um, from a sexual standpoint, just really, like you said, it, 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 um, it um, puts a pause on the healing process. It actually right. really inhibits the, the, the healing process. Because we know what, you can't, uh, what we can't talk about, we can't heal. Right, exactly. So uh, very often these items, these things are still festering wounds, but they don't fester without having an impact on everything else.
0: Oh, I know. And so many of us, I mean, I don't know of the statistic, and I can probably quickly Google it, but there is a large percentage of women, um, as far as statistics go, that have been uh, sexually assaulted in some way or another. Um, And it's really high, you know. Um, And so Uh it just speaks to... Um, just how wide this is to how many people. And then again in other countries around the world where women don't have rights, I think um sexual assault is even greater. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think here it is nearly one in five women in the US have reported sexual assault. One in five. Mm. Which is huge.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is it's huge. really huge. Right. Right. That means we have a room of women and you, you know, there's a nice group in there that can actually say that I've been sexually assaulted. Exactly. We often don't even consider what that means, you know, when you are out and about that, you know, for every five women that you encounter, one of them has been sexually assaulted.
0: Exactly. It's pretty, it's pretty powerful. One of the things that I wanted to mention as we were talking about it, um, I read a really great article um, in Huffington Post, um, and 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 it talked about uh, Tarana Burke, who is the African American woman who is the original creator of the Me Too campaign that has recently taken over okay. social media. It's a great article mm-hmm. done by Huffington Post, and they also referenced. And an interview that she did for Ebony magazine, which is great, Uh, Tarana Burke was the founder also of a youth organization called Just Be Inc., um, which created the Me Too campaign in 2007, long before hashtags even existed. She said that she created the campaign as a grassroots movement to reach sexual assault survivors in underprivileged communities. One of her quotes is, it says, it it wasn't built to be a viral campaign or a hashtag that is here today and forgotten tomorrow. Uh, Burke told Ebony Mm. magazine, she said it was a catchphrase to be used from survivor to survivor to let folks know that they were not alone, and that a movement what? for radical healing was, ha- was happening and possible. I mean, as I read her words, I get goosebumps, and she says it was a catchphrase oh. to be used from survivor to survivor, to let folks know that they were not alone, and that a movement for oh. radical healing was happening and possible. I just think that is, mm-hmm. I mean, that speaks to what we're talking about. The healing begins with knowing that you are not alone. Um,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, with Knowing that you're not alone with being able to give voice to that which has occurred to you, that has happened to you, mm-hmm. and then also to then begin to stand in and say, and this is what what is and is not acceptable, for you to do with my being and we know um, just as um, um, it just historically how much women have not necessarily had the right to say this is what can and cannot happen to my body.
0: Exactly 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 and and there's also the dynamic of power which we see um, being used or talked about so much Um You know, particularly in the whole um, entertainment industry where many of the alleged perpetrators really have used their power to coerce women and to, you know... uh, Just to get them to do what they wanted to do, to coerce them into thinking they can literally sleep their way to the top or that they had to put up with this kind of violation of their personal boundaries if they wanted to succeed. I think that is an interesting um, dynamic. The whole dynamic of power is, is just so powerful. I mean, I hate to use the same word again, but the dynamic (laughs) of power is such a powerful component of sexual assault. It's this power over. Well,
1: that's, yeah, exactly. Well, that's actually what, you know, is understood that, you know, sexual assault is really about. It really is not necessarily about the sexual act. It's not about sex. Right. It is about power and it's about exhibiting um, being able to dictate that I have power over you, and, um, you know, and that I have power over that which is yours. Yes. And so often, from a victim standpoint, where you, where we're, where we're talking about reclaiming your power is being able to stand in and say that this is not acceptable, mm-hmm. to speak about what is not acceptable, and also to then declare what you will and will not allow, and that you know that you have the right and the domain over
0: Exactly,
1: And so, so very often that empowers the person to then move forward with, okay, I, I'm setting these specific boundaries and I have the right to.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. The other thing that, um, Tarana Burke talked about was, um, Uh, She was a survivor of sexual violence herself, and she said that she used a Me Too phrase as a way to connect with other survivors, specifically young women of color. And I wanted to mention that as well, because I know that for so many women of color, their um, assaults go unrecognized or unreported and quickly go underground and I it was just interesting to me that that was part of what she was trying to do Uh, one of the things she said was she was trying to find a succinct way to show empathy me too is a powerful me too is powerful because somebody has said it to me and it changed the trajectory of my healing process once I heard that me too is about reaching the places that other people wouldn't go bringing messages and words and encouragement to survivors of sexual violence, where other people wouldn't be talking about it. And I know, particularly in our community, uh, there is so much shame around it, though it happens so frequently. We still are trapped in our shame. I don't know if it has to do with our religious backgrounds, particularly in communities of color, but there's so much shame that the shame and the the assault um, gets, you know, it gets wrapped up in each other and you can't separate the fact that, you know, this this horrible thing has happened to you, yet you feel um, the responsibility and the shame of it. And it exactly. just gets so all-encompassing. Um, uh, not that it's worse for women of color, but I think it just happens more in our communities for some reason. I don't, I, I would I would believe it probably has to do with our, Deeply religious roots, and are, and a lot of the shame-based stuff that we hold values that we hold about sex.
1: Yeah, well, and 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 I would actually even add that it it goes to us historically, yeah. um, not having the rights to our bodies. So we're looking oh. at you know um, centuries of being of learning that you you do not have a right to your body, and you know from being owned of course, going all the way back to slavery. So as women are learning and, and um, having had so much history of stuff happening to your body that you just basically slip up under the rug and pretend it did not happen. Exactly.
0: It was also, a way of coping.
1: Moving into a place. Yeah. So we're just moving into a place where you're learning that, oh, that is actually, I know that that's not okay, but I can actually have the right to say that that's not okay. Yeah, you I can. have a right to stand in that, no that's not acceptable, and that's not something that's, um, you know, par for the course or doesn't have to be a part of my reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true, and the historical component is so true. We really, you know, our rights as women of color have, you know, have been violated historically. Um, right. w- one of the things I want to bring us to is bedroom candy, and You know, as being the president of this company, I I think about it all the time. I think about it um, as I read and listen to the news every day, as I think and I read constantly. I do research on women's issues and sex, and I do a lot of reading about it. And when the Me Too, you know... Movement got heated up again a few months ago with Harvey Weinstein and others. I started thinking about bedroom candy and I started thinking about sex toys and uh, what it must be like for those one in five women who were sitting. At these parties and where we're talking so openly about sex and where we're, you know, laughing and joking and having a great time. We're learning, we're educating each other, but we're also trying to make it pleasurable. And as this podcast is called The Business of Pleasure, we really are in it um, because of the pleasure. But I also thought about um, personal space and boundaries and how important yeah. those things are. Um, and Sonia, I know that you and I talked about it just briefly, but I wanted to know if you might comment on just some thoughts about how we can uh, really do a better job of respecting um, our customers' personal boundaries um, as we share about sex, how important it is now to recognize that people are coming with different issues to the table. And so we really need to be, we need to have a lot of fun, but we need to be mindful of people's personal boundaries
1: yes um yeah most certainly i um and it's funny because as we as you were talking it um i i i saw myself in a room like you know in a party and just had the new had the now armed with the statistic that we just talked about the one in five like how many women are at my party right now in this moment that um could that that have been sexually assaulted right i may not be able to say specifically who but i know that there's at least one uh, given these statistics and given the size, if I have a party of 25, and that's about five women here mm-hmm. that, you know, that may be dealing with some sort of trauma and um, as it relates to sex. And so I think that we are in, um, we are like, it's almost like walking on this very fine either tightrope or even on a very sharp edge. Um, you know, uh, Razor's Edge, where we have a huge opportunity to educate and to empower in such a way that those women are able to reclaim their sexual power and walk away from this encounter with Bedroom candy, learning that she has the right to, um, one, um, dictate her own boundaries, but also to Um, heal from what has already occurred to her.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, But in addition, we have a huge obligation to make sure that we are not adding to the trauma that has already occurred.
0: Exactly.
1: So because we are working in such a delicate industry, it's important that we are aware of our responsibility to keep people safe. And so that is respecting their boundaries sometimes even more than they may respect them yes because as we also know sometimes when you are violated or you experience trauma you may have very loosely held uh, uh, boundaries not understanding that it doesn't feel okay for you but you're not sure why you're allowing it to happen
0: exactly that's so and true. And so there's
1: an opportunity for us to teach in such a way that people really get, wow, no, I, my sexuality gets to be respected, gets to be upheld, gets to be treated as if it's beautiful and not base. Right. And we get to empower. I, you know, it's been, it was powerful mm-hmm. for me. One of the, one of my most powerful instances with bedroom candy was uh, my first year when a young lady who attended one of my uh, parties, she then recommended me for a bridal shower. And I did the bridal shower. She was there. And at the end of the bridal shower, she came up to me when she went to place her order. And she said, you know, I'm just really glad that I learned that I'm not broken. And I said, oh, really? Where'd you learn that? And she said, from you. At the last at the first party that I attended. Wow. I thought something was wrong with me. Wow. But after attending that party, I realized that there's nothing wrong with me and that I'm okay. And that, like, just set me blaze in a different way of understanding wow you are changing lives with that
0: yes yes
1: because there are people that every day based on how we hold sexuality and how they've been educated about sexuality and what they may or may not know or how they may or may not have been violated that have no idea um, how powerful and awesome their bodies are and that they are okay
0: That is so powerful, Sonia. Thank you for that, because, you know, it's exactly what I was thinking about, that our Bedroom Candy consultants have an incredible responsibility when they're out there speaking to people about sex and sexuality and sex toys. We emphasize so much the power of our consultants, the need to be fully educated and aware and to be good teachers. Because if you're teaching about sexuality and you're teaching about good, safe, pleasurable practices, you're going to sell more toys. But also, you have to be mindful of the fact that there are people who may be damaged or broken or feeling some shame who are sitting there. And how do we respect each other and talk about it in a way that's not offensive? And that brings me to Touch. Um, You know, I get so particular about touch because I think touch is a very powerful thing. I mean, our skin is our largest organ. And so, oh. you know, we have to be respectful about even, you know, knowing that you don't touch clients with their toys, you know, with a toy without asking their permission. That that is so important yes. because you don't know what that's going to trigger. And that's really right. really important. You can demo it on a safe place on your on your own hand, you can pass it around and have people feel the vibration themselves, but touch is really important and, you know, you really need to ask permission because otherwise you are taking liberty with somebody else and you really have to respect that their body belongs to them and you don't have the right to walk up and place a toy on somebody without saying, is it okay if I touch you? Is it okay if I, you know, or do you want to, you know, do you want to experience this? Do you want to hold this? Do you want to experience it? Right. I mean, I think it's so important because again, it's about what you're communicating to that person is that I respect you. Um, I respect your it's body. Important. Yeah. I respect you. Yeah. I respect your it body. It's matter. yours. You're in control it's, of your body and I'm not going to touch it without your permission.
1: Exactly. And, and and you may even be in the moment, again, as I mentioned, for somebody who maybe has boundaries that have been damaged, teaching them a new way of operating with themselves. Like, okay, well, yeah, I do have the right. Like, thank you for asking. It never even dawned on me that, yeah, you should ask me and I should expect to be asked versus just someone, you know, because if they have not been asked all of their lives, and have been treated as if they don't have the right to say. You could be teaching them and showing them something new.
0: Right, right, exactly. It's it's really, really an important thing. And the other thing that I thought about with our parties is gender and the whole Me Too movement. And something that has really bothered me about the um, Me Too movement has been Um, you know, I could go into a whole dissertation about it, but my concern that um, a lot of the attention has been about um, men violating women. And I think there is the other silent group, which is women or men who have been violated by women. Um, And I think that, again, we cannot assume that every sexual assault that has happened has only happened between a man and a woman with the man being the perpetrator, women are also capable of sexual assault, and women have... Historically, you know, uh, you know, been also guilty of 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 assault, and I think that when we're at a party, because we're, you know, most of the time it's women with women, we can't assume that it just because we're a woman, it's okay to violate somebody's boundaries exactly. either, because we don't know the nature of somebody else's assault, and we don't know if they were violated by a woman, and what you touching them as a woman may trigger for them. So we have to be really mindful of that as well. What are your thoughts exactly. on
1: that? Oh no, I yeah, I, I hear that completely. I mean, I think when it basically when it comes down to is that a person has a right to say whether they want to be touched, whether it be by a man or a woman, and in what way. And so even whether a person has been assaulted or not been assaulted, or this or feels healed or whatever it is we still get to be very respectful of what is it that you'd like to experience, and I would like to honor that the same way we would want done for us.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, this has been really, really wonderful, and I know that many of us, um, I feel really... Honored to have a friendship with you, Sonia, and to have been able to have these great conversations with you, whether it's on the podcast or, you know, as we're talking about the bedroom candy business, to have the privilege of your insight and these conversations. Um, and I know Thank that for so, so do I. <laughs> I know that for many people, we often don't have the time to. Um, talk about these things. And so I thought it would be great to share this with our Bedroom Candy community on the business of pleasure. So thank you so much for joining me on the call today. I look forward to speaking to you again. Um, This has been a great conversation about Me Too and how we can incorporate some of these guiding principles in our business, how we love each other, how we respect each other, how we honor each other, I think is important and how we help each other in the healing process is important. All at the same time, pleasure is important. So thank you so much. Thank you for being on this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Sonia.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes, I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Have a great week. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: All right, you too. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: The Business of Pleasure is brought to you by Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties. To shop with us, visit us at www.bedroomcandy.com. To join our team of consultants who own their own home-based businesses, join us online and enter the code BOP2017. That will get you a 10% discount on your starter kit. Join us today.